0: The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews is brought to you by Spirituality and Health Magazine, The Soul-Body Connection. Visit SpiritualityHealth.com today. afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews.
1: Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living. Today, we were planning on talking with Caroline Meiss about her latest book, Defy Gravity. But Caroline had to cancel, and so we're not going to be able to talk to Caroline today. What we're going to do is meet with Caroline on July 14th. So any of you who tuned in just to hear Caroline, mark July 14th on your calendar. She will be back at that time. And I apologize for the inconvenience of, uh, or I hope you didn't feel misled. But we are going to talk about sort of defying gravity today, a little bit in preparation for her show. We're going to be talking about Miracles. And so, stay tuned for that. Um, before we go there, though, I want to tell you that I will also be on Linda Christiansen's radio, Rick Christensen's radio, Contact Talk Radio tonight at 8 p.m. Pacific time. Um, so tune in for that. ContactTalkRadio.com. And on the 17th of this month, I'll be on Blog Talk Radio at 8 p.m. Eastern time, 6 p.m. Pacific time, on Heal My PTSD, PTSD. I'm sorry, radio, with Michelle Rosenthal. So. Tune in for that as well. That's uh, June the 17th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific on Blog Talk Radio. So I wanted to let you know about that. Those of you who are interested in following my work, I'll be talking about on the first show, Linda Christensen's show tonight on Contact Talk Radio, I'll be talking about Restoring My Soul. And on um, Blog Talk Radio, I'll be talking about the Healing ID. So tune in for those. Um I want to talk about miracles today. So we think generally in terms of miracles as these big events where uh, someone goes into spontaneous remission when they have cancer or when someone is uh, quickly and strangely saved from a crisis. We generally think of miracles in that way. So a miracle is something that happens that's not very understandable and something that happens that seems to be somewhat supernatural, maybe even a little eerie. But we're going to talk about a different theory about what a miracle is today. You know, I've had some uh, surprising events in my life as well, and I'll share just a couple of those with you just so you can understand that the, this, the, the big thing, the big picture we have about miracles um, is also real. The big picture is, uh, in my life, looked like this. I took a leap of faith and decided to leave a um, corporate entity in which I had risen to the top of my field as a clinical director, and I was thought I was like hot stuff, and I uh, quit because there were some things going on there that I didn't feel were very ethical, and so I left and decided to start up my private practice, and there was... Uh, no income coming in <laughs> at that time, although I did have a plan, and a wonderful doctor friend of mine allowed me to use his office for free for a while, and that was wonderful. But um, uh, what happened was that I started doing what was called therapeutic weekends, and I did one for one month, uh, and that supplied me uh, with income for that month, and, of course, it also uh, I also got the opportunity to work with several people that I really enjoyed working with. And then the next month was Christmas, and I had no foreseeable income. And a friend of mine just came along out of the blue and said, you know what, I've got this extra money and I want to give it to you. And uh, at first, of course, my, my ego and my pride were saying, no, 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 don't do that. I can't accept this money, la, 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 la. But eventually I did accept the money um, and was able to give my children somewhat of a Christmas that year. Um, and, and then I started excuse me, I started thinking that I was going to have to um, build uh, another job back into my prospectus. I was not going to be able to to launch a private practice very easily, and it was going to be very difficult, so I started brushing off the old curriculum vita and decided to send it off a couple of places and and started looking for jobs, and I found a couple of contracts, and that worked out okay, so I I didn't have to go to work full-time anywhere, but... Uh, what happened was I started doing the therapeutic weekends again in January of that year, and that worked went, worked for a couple months. And then I took a big hit one month, uh, a five hundred dollar hit, and um, was making it difficult to get through the month. And so um, I I didn't quite know what to do about that. Well, during Christmas, my son had been home from college, um, and uh, he had a broke he had my uh, he had been in an automobile accident, broken his foot, and couldn't get around very easily, so he asked me to go to my car and get something for him, which I did, and I reached down under the seat to get it for him, and I pulled out a Brazilian $500 note out of, from underneath my seat. Now, I had no idea where that came from or what it was, and I showed it to my son, who uh, I, ta- I think of as my, my encyclopedia. He's very, very bright in terms of that kind of detail, And uh, I asked him what to do about that, what was it. And he thought, well, take it to the bank and see. Well, I tried to call the banks that that, uh, did money exchange at that time and uh, couldn't get through to anybody, couldn't get through, couldn't get through, couldn't get through. So I put a little note on it with the woman's number on it, and I dropped it in my billfold and forgot about it. Then March came around when I had that $500 hit and I was paying bills and as I was paying bills, I pulled something that thing out of my billfold and went, oh, my goodness, here's this $500 Brazilian note. Let me see about this. Well, I called the number and immediately got through. I went down there, took the note in. And she said, well, it I may be real. I'm not real sure, but take it across the street. They can tell you for sure. So I went across the street, and the woman looked at the $500 Brazilian note and handed me $484, and that was the end of that. And so my $500 loss was immediately erased. But it had been prepared for three months in advance at Christmas time, when I had no knowledge of any kind of Brazilian note. Where that Brazilian note came from, I cannot tell you. I cannot explain. Was there some kind of drug deal at, in my car prior to that time, and somebody left a $500 Brazilian note? I, I don't know. Uh, prior to the time I bought it, I mean, I don't know. I have no clue where that Brazilian note came from. But t- the timing was interesting, don't you think? that I wasn't able to get through, first that I found it, that I wasn't able to get through and so put it away, and then when I needed it, there it was. Um, interesting. And the most, <laughs> the fun part of that was that after I turned in the Brazilian note, I went back to my car and I looked in the rearview mirror and I said, you don't think this is really going to make me trust you now, do you? So the moral of the story is I have begun to trust. I have begun to believe that, really, I'm being provided for all the time, and uh, that uh, has never failed me, has not failed me yet, and I don't anticipate that it will. So I learned a great deal from that experience. Was that a miracle? Yes. Are other things that are less um, amazing miracles? Absolutely. You see, I think we think of miracles in terms of their surprise or shock value. It, it's a miracle if it's surprising and shocking. If it's not surprising and shocking, well, it, probably explainable in some other way besides a miracle. And besides that, if it's explainable, it's not really a miracle. That's how we tend to think, that a miracle is super. It is a super event. But actually, breathing in and out is a miracle. My, the fact that my heart keeps beating steady all the time, I don't know why it does that. Maybe some doctor could explain that, that it does that and perhaps something about how, the, uh, how birth and life happen within me but is it any less a miracle because it can be explained why is it that one day my heart will stop beating i can't explain that either it is mysterious but that doesn't mean that it's a miracle either just the fact that it's mysterious doesn't make it a miracle we have the capacity to experience life at its deepest most profound most amazing most mysterious levels when we consider the possibility that every moment is filled with miracles. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Those miracles that are not necessarily the big, amazing kinds that we can't explain, but the miracles that are about timing, about hope, about breathing, about being, about meeting people, about calming down, about peace, about a new flash of understanding, those things are all miraculous in that they put us in touch with the mystery. That is the working definition we're going on today with regard to miracle. A miracle is something that happens that puts us in touch with the mystery. It is not necessarily supernatural. It is not necessarily unexplainable. It is not necessarily a surprise, but it does us in touch with the mystery. And as you and I know, that you can breathe sometimes, and that breathing will put you in touch with the mystery. When you meditate, and some of you meditate using your breath as a tool to help you go into deeper states of meditation, you are getting in touch with the mystery by using your breath as a focal point. But actually, every time you breathe in and out, it's... It puts a, It is the mystery. It is the mystery that we breathe in and out, that we have consciousness, that we walk around every day in this living world, breathing in oxygen that is here for us. Why is it here for us? Well, yes, there's a scientific explanation. Trees and flowers and other plants create oxygen, and we breathe out uh, carbon dioxide, and they breathe it in, and they breathe out oxygen, and we breathe it in. But why does it work that way so well in such a consistent, unaffected order, that puts me a little bit in touch with the mystery, doesn't it, you? That feels like a miracle to me. So when we're talking about miracles, we're talking about living in the mystery, living into that place inside of ourselves where we are mystery. We are mystery. We are a mystery to ourselves. Have you ever considered all the different uh, capacities of the human body? all the different ways that it is so well-ordered, so um, well-continued, so well, so greased, so oiled, so refined, that is the human body. I think it's pretty miraculous. Can we explain it? Probably, to some degree at least. Maybe not all the way down to its finest detail, its quarks and it's what starts before the quarks. I don't know. But the fact that it is, doing all the amazing things that it does puts us in touch with the mystery that is miracle so and a connection with another human being sometimes we make those connections that are just so valid so um, peak so momentous so authentic that we can't miss it and we can't forget it that's a miracle that puts us that is human connection. We can't understand why yesterday that didn't happen. And today it did. But there it is. We're gonna be back in just a few more minutes with more on miracles. So stay tuned.
0: Awakened media for a transforming world. Seventh wave network. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor in sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying, thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor in sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back, thanking me for my concerns, and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may contain vaccines for HIV cancer and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network.
1: This is Andrea Matthews. I want to remind you that the show is now sponsored by Spirituality and Health magazine, The Soul Body Connection, one of America's most prestigious spiritual magazines that publishes six times a year and offers an amazing array of information for the seeker both in print and online. Check them out at www.spiritualityhealth.com. Don't miss the wonderful articles in that magazine. You won't be sorry. Okay, so we're talking today about uh, miracles, and in this, we're doing this in preparation for Caroline Meis' show that has been canceled for today, but we'll be back on July the 14th. And uh, so in preparation for that, in preparation for the idea that we can defy gravity, we're talking about miracles. And what we've come to understand is a miracle is anything that puts us in touch with the mystery what is the mystery? The mystery is that over-consciousness, over-soul, over-spirit, universal energy, God, higher power, whatever you want to call it. And the reason we have to give it all those different names is why? Because it is a mystery. It's, it's a mystery because we cannot fully wrap our minds around such amazing power that is at base all of us. It is a baseline energy that carries all of us within it. All of us and everything and every plant and every animal it is the baseline. That is the, that is the mystery. And however we talk about that, if we pray to ancestors, if we pray to God, if we pray to Jesus, if we pray to the Buddha, if we, if we meditate, if we don't pray to anybody, if we don't even believe in God, whatever the case, we still understand that there's a deeper energy within us that we can tap into. I've known lots and lots of atheists over the years, and many of them are extremely spiritual people who don't call the mystery God and don't worship or pray and don't believe in an afterlife, none of that. But they do have this very spiritual place within them that they tap into and can come from. So we can understand mystery in that regard. And that's what miracles put us in touch with. So we said that the miracle of the body is amazing, the miracle of a a moment, a a sort of Kodak moment of relationship in which we connect in a very important and powerful and poignant way with another person. That is a miraculous connection. Why did it occur today and not yesterday? Well, we might say, well, because I said something different today. But perhaps that person wouldn't have been ready to hear that story Thing we said today yesterday so maybe it wouldn't have happened yesterday but it did happen today and uh that connection in and of itself is a mystery why is it that we can so poignantly feel someone else's emotions why is it that we can empathically understand where they're coming from why is that it's a miracle that's why uh, the role of Philip Hinslow, uh played by Geoffrey Rush in Shakespeare in Love, uh, one of the lines that he repeated very often was, I don't know, it's a mystery. Well, and that might be the summation of all of life. I don't know, it's a mystery. And all of life thereby is a miracle. But let's talk some more in specific. Hope is a miracle. H-O-O-P-E. Hope is a miracle. It is that which may, allows us to believe in some possibility that there is something going to happen in the future that is better than what is happening today. Why do we believe that? Uh, very often we've come from pasts in which a paradigm of future possibility doesn't even exist. Very often we've come from dark, um, poverty stricken, abusive, very uh, hostile backgrounds, and yet we continue to put one foot in front of the other. We continue to move forward. We continue to go on, and even if we go on with some dysfunction, we still go on. Why is that? Something in us is hoping. What is that? What is that mystery that allows us to hope? It's a miracle. And so hope is also one of our miracles. A miracle is beingness that centered place inside of us that is um, a place of peace, what I call the authentic self, that place where that creates an energy all its own that is creative of other energies. In other words, it is generative. It, it gives from itself. It comes from itself. Uh, it creates peace. It is the place from to which we can go, when we are afraid and find peace. It is the place to which we can go when we need guidance and find guidance. It is the place inside of us that says, yes, that's what I'm going to do. It is the decisive place that says, yes, this is what I'm going to do. And it is not only what I'm going to do because I'm afraid if I don't, something bad's going to happen or because someone else wants me to or because the overculture says I should, but rather because it is real in me to do. Yes, I'm going to do that because it's real in me to do. That's a miracle. Why? Because it puts us in touch with the mystery of who we are, the mystery of our own beingness that says, "Okay, let's see now. What do I want in this moment? What what is truest for me in this moment? What is the most I can I can give to this moment that is of myself, not based on some kind of should or ought to, but based on something very genuine inside of us that has its own energy, that has its own um, miraculous base. There's no other way to describe it, its own mysterious base. But we can find it. We can find it on a feeling level. We can find it on a thought level. We can find it on a sensitive level. In other words, we can feel it in our bodies. We can find that place, but we have to be able to use the tools of the self to do it, meaning we have to use feeling, we have to use thought, we have to use sensations, we might have to use meditation, we, we might have to use uh, imaginary work like uh, art, we might have to use imaginary work like story, we might have to write poetry, but we can find it because it can be found. Um, We live in a a culture, basically, that insists that that's a waste of time. We shouldn't be worried about that. We should be on our toes all the time trying to make sure that we excel and do the right thing and and whatever the right thing is for the culture. And and we should be productive and we should be good people, but, you know, really don't try to get in touch with yourself. That's a waste of time. Um, And they don't say that. You're not going to hear that said out loud, but it is there. That energy is there, and we all know it. Because we've been told, be yourself. We got told when we were kids, oh, just be yourself. But then when it came to being ourselves, there was this kind of, oh, no, yeah, maybe you shouldn't really do that. Maybe you should really do what we think you should do. So if being yourself means being an artist and I'm your parent and I don't think you can make much money at that, I'm going to say, no, 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 no. I think maybe you ought to head off in another direction. Let's don't mess with that art stuff. You don't want to be wasting your time with that. And so we still have much of that sort of overculture parenting going on with us and we're told not to get in touch with it and yet we do. Why do we do that? I don't know. It's a mystery. The the, the idea is that we are we are in exploratory mode when we get to the when we get to a miracle. We're in exploratory. Did I know for sure that when I took that Brazilian note that I found under the seat of my car uh, that I was going to get money out of that? No. I asked my son, did he think it was worth it? I thought it was funny money. Did it, was it worth anything? I didn't know. He didn't know. But we, we experimented. We we explored the possibility. And uh, I couldn't make my exper- experiment come to fruition at first. And so I kept the, the note in my billfold with a telephone number attached to it. And then three months later, when I needed the $500, I pulled it out which was also kind of strange because I wasn't really bothering to clean out my billfold. It just came out attached to something else. And there it was, and oh, my goodness, I could take it in. And even then, even when I took it in and handed it to the clerk at the money exchange uh, desk, I didn't know that she was going to give me money. She might have said, that's funny money, don't bring that around here anymore. But she didn't. She gave me the money. So there has to be an experimental part of to uh, the miraculous, there has to be an openness to a willingness to see something new and different in, o- in order for me to find out that that five hundred note was real, I had to take it in and find out if it was real and so there's that. There was another occasion in my life that I can share with you, and I 'm going to do that after the break. but right now, what I want to say is these these uh, events that happen in our lives that are, we can call, we can obviously call a miracle. Even the older culture would say, wow, that's a miracle. Uh, those events are, are only striking because we don't really believe they're possible. But some part of us is willing to investigate. It's willing to, to, to stick it out there and see if, in fact, this might truly be a possibility. And so we find out that, yes, indeed, there's a miracle. If someone is, uh, has what we call in the medical field a spontaneous remission, other people call a miracle, if someone has a spontaneous remission, they have to first investigate whether or not, in fact, yes, there is a spontaneous remission. If someone has leukemia, they're going to be going in to find out if, in fact, uh, the white blood cell count has changed. If, in fact, it has, then a doctor can declare, yes, indeedy, there is a spontaneous remission here. And because he does that, then we go, oh, my gosh, there is a miracle. (laughs) Because we investigated the possibility and someone affirmed that, yes, indeed, something has mightily shifted. And those things don't happen off the cuff, but then neither does breathing in and out. Neither does a heartbeat. Neither does hope. Neither does a, a body in flesh that has such order and equanimity to it that it can function on a daily basis without disease, because it's just working like it's supposed to work. There's a lot of thinking now that says that what we do in our minds affects our bodies, and I certainly agree with that thinking. And so what is it? What is that connection? I don't know. It's a mystery. And ergo, I would say, it's a miracle. It puts me in touch with the mystery to consider the possibility that my mind, what I think, what I do, how much stress I'm carrying that I don't know I'm carrying, how much unresolved stuff is affecting my mood and possibly my, my body is well, how much of my own passivity, my choice not to respond to life is affecting my body, how much of my aggressiveness, my pushing myself forward to get something or to get someone back or something like that, how much is that affecting my body? Well, I don't know. It's a mystery and then I'm in touch with the miraculous uh, element of living again that puts me in touch with mystery. And so it is that we can't always say that surprise is what makes a mystery. Surprise is a result of lack of belief. Yes, it is. I don't believe something's going to happen, and by golly, it happens anyway. That's why it's a surprise. If I were to win the lottery tomorrow, I might be surprised. And another part of me might be saying, well, here it is, the thing I've always been waiting for. So you never know. And so we get back in touch with that idea of what we don't know puts us in touch with the mystery. And we'll be back in just a moment for more on Miracles. Stay tuned.
0: awaken for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just... Dunno, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh uh. 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 There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council.
1: And we're back again for our third segment of Authentic Living today, talking today about miracles in preparation for Caroline Mice's show on July the 14th, in which she'll be talking about how we can defy gravity. What we said is a miracle is anything that puts us in touch with the mystery. And I want to talk to you about another mystery in my own life today. Uh, When I was a child, an infant, actually, I was nine months old, and um, I lived in Long Point, New Jersey at the time. And anybody, anyone who's listening who is familiar with Longport, New Jersey, knows that on one side is the ocean and on the other is the bay. And uh, we lived in between the ocean and the bay there. And I was, uh, as I said, nine months old and not sitting very well. And one of the neighbor children came by and said, can I take her for a stroll to my mother? And my mother said yes. And so they put me into the stroller and my two older sisters went along with her and they took me to the bulkhead on the bayside and took me out of the stroller. The little girl, not my sisters, the little girl took me out of the stroller and tried to sit me up on the bulkhead. And I wasn't sitting very well, as I said, and she kept saying, sit, sit. And I tried to sit, I'm sure, but fell into the bay. And of course, my sisters were very upset by this and ran home to get my mother. And my mother came screaming out of the house and was yelling that her baby was in the water, and one of our neighbors, Mr. Halfley, heard the screams and ran out of the house. And the funny story is that he was wearing a bathrobe and some slippers, and he lost one of his slippers on the way. And he ran down the street a block or two and dove into the water and had to dive down a couple of times and got me out of the water. And I was not breathing I was, uh, had to be resuscitated, and they took me to the hospital. I had to have my stomach pumped. And I got discharged that night, but then I had to go back into the hospital again uh, because I had pneumonia. And I stayed there for a couple weeks after that and then was discharged again. Now, what, do you, what is the miracle in that story? Well, somebody could say, well, you know, those kinds of stories. People save people's lives all the time. For me, the mystery of that story is this. One I, um, I there's something about life and death there that's very mysterious to me when I think about that, that the possibility that at nine months old I might have died. Um, so I think about that, and it's pretty awe-inspiring to me that I was that close to death. Did I have a near-death experience? I don't know. It's a mystery. I don't know if I died or came back or what. I don't know. But what I do know is that I'm not afraid of water. Uh, I'm not afraid of water at all. As a matter of fact, I find water to be one of the most peaceful places on the planet. And I love to swim. I got a junior life-saving uh, certificate when I was a youngster, and I got another certificate when I grew up in college and became a senior lifesaver. saver And uh, I like to swim and won lots of races swimming. And so I never did, um, I never did become terrified of water. And you'd think, you know, if you think about it, you'd think I would be. But I'm not. Why is that? I don't know. It's a mystery. So, again, that's an event that puts me in touch with the mystery of life and death and what does it mean to be alive and what does it mean to be dead and what is that fine line between the two? What is that moment of birth? What is that moment of conception? What is that moment of death? What are they like? What's happening in my soul, in my mind, in my body, at that moment, at that second, at that nanosecond. What's happening? I don't know. It's a mystery. But when you think about it, doesn't it put you in touch with the mystery? And therefore, it's a miracle. Another miracle in my life that happened, I was on a trip with uh, my kids, went camping. I was a single mom at the time, went camping with my kids. And I was pretty scared because (laughs) we were in the woods and and I actually did set the tablecloth on fire at one point, and my son helped me put it out. Uh, but uh, what happened on that trip was, the miracle part of it was, one night I was camping, and I, uh, uh, went, when we were camping, I got up to go to the bathroom, and there was this funny-looking light outside the tent, about maybe 30 feet from the tent. And I looked at it. And it looked like the shape of a mother and a child sitting together. And I looked at it, and I walked over to where the moonlight was coming in, and I tried to see where the moonlight was hitting the ground. And then I looked at that that figure again, and I kept investigating is what I was doing because I'm pretty skeptical. And I kept looking around to see what that was, what was that, what was that. And finally I said, well, I guess it's just a mystery. I don't know what it is. Is it angels? Is it, you know, an alien? (laughs) Whatever it is. I don't know what it is. But whenever I looked at it, I felt this enormous peace. And I felt that the message that I was getting was, we're looking out for you. You don't have to be afraid. This is a mother and child. You're a mother with children. We're looking out for you. So there's a mystery. Do I understand that? No. And I tell you, I tell some of my friends about that incident, and they look at me like, yeah, there's a woo-woo Andrea again. But the truth is, I don't know what happened that night, but I came away from it with a peaceful understanding that I was being taken care of. And really, really, isn't that all that matters? I came away with it, from it with something. How it came to be, what it was, I don't know. It was not moonlight, that I can tell you, because I, I was investigating that. The moonlight was hitting in different places, and where, the, where this light was coming from should have been in the shadow, but it wasn't. So... What was going on that night? I don't know. It's a mystery. Did I imagine it? Was I having a hallucination? Did I dream it? I don't know. It's a mystery. (laughs) But what I do know is what I came away with it from. And what I do know about the incident with my, uh, when I fell in the bay, is what I've come away from that with is a really deep, mysterious, and peaceful connection to the life-death line there, that fine line between the two. I don't really understand it, but I'm very connected to that place. Um, so are these things miracles? Yes, I think so. Do they Are they any bigger than breathing in and out? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Calming down, one of the biggest miracles we have. Uh, when children are little, infants are little, they suck their thumb as a way of self-soothing. They know how to calm themselves down. How do they know that? Well, when I, when I um, had the sonogram with my daughter, when she was uh, still in my womb, she was sucking her thumb in that picture. And it's, you can see it very clearly. And she sucked her thumb for a long time after that. But the, the point of the matter is that she knew prior to birth how to self-soothe. She knew that sensitive thing that children can do because they're very oily, orally fixated to calm themselves down. I had a a woman in a grocery store one time come up to me, and I was carrying my daughter, and she was sound asleep on my shoulder and had her thumb in her mouth. And this elderly woman came up and just yanked that thumb out of her mouth and said, you get that out of her mouth. She needs to get out of that habit right now. And she walked away, and I just took my daughter's hand and plunked it right back to her thumb right back, back in her mouth, and she went right back to sleep. So, you know, that's how society views Um, Those kinds of things. We're not supposed to self-soothe. We're supposed to um, be tough and tough it out and be strong and independent and all those things. But really, we need to learn to self-soothe. We need to learn how to calm ourselves down. And the the fact that we can learn that is amazing. What is the mystery that actually does finally say, yep, I'm going to let myself calm down now? What is that? What is that line between stress and calming down? It says, yes, I think I'll calm down now. Something we do strikes an authentic chord within us, and the authentic self is now up so we can feel it more. The peace that is the authentic self comes forward, and we can feel it more. What makes that happen? I don't know. It's a mystery. And what do we have to do to to, uh, find that uh, place? We have to investigate. We have to be open. We have to experiment, and that is... What allows lots of room for miracles is that openness, that experimenting to see. There are lots. There's lots of ways in which we're closed in our world. Many of the old traditional fundamentalist kinds of thinking, whether it's Christianity or Islam or uh, Judaism or whatever the fundamentalist religion is. It, and I'm not saying those religions in and of themselves are fundamentalist. I'm saying there are individuals within those religions who are fundamentalist and groups within those religions that are fundamentalist. The point is that that fundamentalism is a closed box. It says there is no room here anymore for anything new to come in. We have the truth. That's all we need to know. And don't ask us to, to, to move beyond that. Don't ask us to experiment. Don't ask us to be open. Why? Because we're afraid that what's out there is going to be an evil influence on us and take us away from what we know is the truth. And what I would say is there's very little we know about truth. There is very little that we can say for sure, for 100% sure, that we know, if anything. Very little, for sure. So even that I wouldn't count on because... (laughs) because I can't even say that that's true. The point is that we're, we're in this life challenge here on planet Earth that requires that we be open to the possibilities that are inherent in life energy itself. I like to think of life in that poetic sense that the book of Revelations in the Bible thinks about it. Uh, I like the metaphor of the river of life that fits for me. It, I resonate with that metaphor whether anything else in there is true or not that metaphor resonates very well with me. And what that says to me is that there's this undercurrent. There's this mighty, abundant river flowing with energy and power and life, teeming with life. And it is in us. It, it is a part of us. It is flowing underneath everything that lives. Every blade of grass, every leaf of every bush, every flower, every uh, animal, every fish, every insect, everything. There's this powerful life energy flowing through that. And whether or not we are willing to access that life energy is a part of the mystery. What is it that makes us willing to go there? What is it that makes us shut down? What, where is that fine line between fear and challenge that says, okay, I'm willing to go there and find out a little more? What is it that says, no, I'm not willing to go there and find out a little more? Is it just stubborn, closed-minded? Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe it is that. But maybe it's also something else. What if, for example, that person is only supposed to experience that particular way of being in this particular incarnation. If you believe in reincarnation, and I do, then then there's a poss- the possibility exists that that person came here to experience closeness. So there's a mystery to the the idea that we might come here to experience being closed. And now we've touched the hem of the garment of mystery again, which says we are in the miracle, and we'll be back one last segment of authentic living. In just a few minutes. Stay tuned. Awakened media for a transforming world.
0: Seventh Wave network. America is facing a skilled workforce shortage. SkillsUSA can help. What is SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA is life changing. SkillsUSA is awesome. SkillsUSA is one of the biggest opportunities life can give you. SkillsUSA is amazing. SkillsUSA is motivating. SkillsUSA specifically prepares you for the workforce. SkillsUSA empowers students to connect with a network of people, starting with their classmates, to their advisors, to other people in their states. Tree. You live for the firsts in your child's life, but how do you cope with the firsts that come after your child is diagnosed with cancer? CureSearch.org connects you to the doctors and scientists whose collaborative research has turned childhood cancer from a nearly incurable disease to one with an overall cure rate of 78%. CureSearch.org, you're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews.
1: And we're back for our final segment today of Authentic Living. We've been talking about miracles. Um, and we're doing this in preparation for Caroline Mice's show, which will be moved, has been moved from today to July 14th. So tune in again. Put her on your calendar for July the 14th, um, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Authentic Living Show. Um, so today we've been talking about miracle uh, and what that means. And what we've decided it means is that it is anything that puts us in touch with the mystery but what, ha- what we've discovered is that we might have to stay tuned to the possibility of mystery in order to, to see the miraculous events that are happening in our lives day by day, moment by moment. In fact, even living into a moment is miraculous. Have you ever had a time, and I bet you have, when you just felt much more alive, much more in tune, much more... Um, sensatively, emotionally, psychically, uh, uh, mentally aware, just really alive. Maybe you were making love. Maybe you were taking a walk on the beach. Maybe you were walking in the grass. Maybe you were thinking about something. Maybe you were driving your car. Maybe you were talking to your child. doesn't matter what you were doing. There, might, that, that moment that in which you just sort of wake up, you just sort of wake up for a few minutes. And maybe it lasts for a few minutes, maybe just a glimmer. Maybe it lasts a whole hour. Maybe it lasts all day or a few days. But in that moment, you are fully aware of just walking around and every little thing takes on more meaning and has more nuance and more power and more poignancy. In those moments when we are awake, what is it that woke us up? You know, I'm a, I'm a fairly analytical kind of person, and I tend to look for cause and effect. So when I have something like that happen in my life, I'm like, okay, what do I do to make that happen? Let me see if I can make that happen again. It's like going bowling for me, you know, I'm, I, I and I don't do that very often, but which is probably part of the problem. But when I bowl, what happens is I get in there and I bowl and I hit a strike and I hit a strike and I hit a strike, and then I start going, how am I doing that? Let me see if I can do that again. And, of course, immediately that's when I start not being able to do any strikes anymore. So uh, that's the way it is with this whole thing of cause and effect. The minute we start trying to figure out what it was that made us get to this place of of heightened awareness, that's when it's gone, (laughs) because we've gotten out of the moment and into some kind of tease, some kind of way of sort of playing with our own heads, where instead of being congruent, where sensation and emotion and mind and soul and body and everything was all going together, we're now off into one compartment and we're trying to push that compartment. Nothing wrong with that. We learn from that experience just like every other experience. But it does tell the tale, doesn't it? That When we're in the mystery, we may not know the cause or the effect, except that here it is right now, in this moment, right this second, I'm okay. I've got this amazing awareness right now this glimmer that I can go, oh, wow, look at that, look at that, look at that. And then it may pass. When I try to hold on to it, it passes faster. That much we at least know. But when we can let go and just kind of go, oh, huh, I wonder what's going to happen next, or just be in the moment without wondering at all about what's going to happen next, then we can uh, we can experience the mystery of it, which is it comes and then maybe it goes. Maybe it's true that our bodies are not, Fully, uh, have the capacity at this point in time to take in such amazing awareness to its fullest extent. I've heard that told. Maybe that's true. I don't know. But do we live in that state of heightened awareness at all times? Mostly we don't. But we can increase that possibility by, by nudging ourselves into openness, into openness, Just to be able to say, I'm going to just be here in this experience now and experiment a little bit with it. See what's possible. Look into the realities of it. When I have an intuitive flash, one of the first things I want to do with that is ground it in reality. I I don't want to just be so intuitive that I lose grounding and so grounded that I lose intuition. Uh, there's, there's not an either or, though those two things need to work together. So if I have an intuitive flash, I might check it out in reality to see if that, in fact, is true. Sometimes I play with intuition just to, so that I can practice it and increase it. So when the phone rings, I might go, well, I think that's so-and-so. You know, I'm, I'm going with my intuition. I think it's so-and-so, and very often it is. And so I'm, I'm going. Oh, okay. See, that was, that was real. And what I'm doing in that process is I'm becoming much more acclimated to what it feels like to be in an intuitive flash. Then I know the difference between an intuitive flash and a fear, or an intuitive flash and a, and a mental analytical moment, or an intuitive flash and a flash of some other emotion that I might have, um, that might blind me really to my intuition. So. I get more acquainted with my own inner world, my own inner turf, that I can walk around in there and find out what is and what isn't. But the very fact that I can experiment like that allows me room to experience the mystery. So these experiments don't... uh, um, uh, They don't make us um, lose the miracle. What they do is bring us more in touch with the mystery that is miracle. So we think, oh, well, if we can explain it, well, then it's no longer a miracle. No, it's a miracle because it puts us in touch. So that's going to be it for today. I've enjoyed talking with you. I hope you've enjoyed listening. And uh, remember that we're going to be talking with Caroline Mice, who is going to be on today on July 14th. Next week, we're going to be talking to Bob and Judy Fisher. Bob is the president of Belmont College. And he and his wife, Judy, have written a book called Life is a Gift, wonderful stories in this book, and I'm looking forward very much to talking with them. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself.